The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Hey there, Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. The Ion College Basketball Podcast is presented by Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's, a sub above. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. If you're watching on YouTube, um, you can probably see Norlander is at his home. I'm at my home. Look at this. We're both home. We're home. Look at us. We're Although I got to be honest, as we get this rolling here, we got a lot to talk about. No, no, actually, there's not really that. Much. We, got, we got plenty to get to. We got plenty to get to. Don't oversell it. There's not that much. <laughs> I'm, I'm overselling the first episode of the offseason, which reminds me not of when this goes in the feed, you can't use the, uh, the, the, the lovable, the best music in the world that has to go on the shelf until next March. So we got to get that. And, and there's also news on that coming later on. But uh Holy crap, my kids are off from school this weekend, <laughs> this week. <laughs> it has been in a, listen, we, we were on the road, you even more than I was, but just, you know, covering, it's just, it's, a, it's really like a six-week sprint from the end of February to the, the end of the Final Four. And um, as should be the case, as should be the deal, I get home and it is time for me to step up with the dad duties. And I, and I willingly and lovingly am wanting to do it. And, 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 and I have and I will continue my, my older guy wants to get out and even try and uh, go to our local golf course and just hit around on the putting green. So we're going to try and do that today or tomorrow. But my goodness, my kids. <laughs> so, this, I am so happy to see you right now because right now they are, they are now, or at least for the next 40 minutes or so, as long as they don't barge into my office, GP. It's great to be with you. It's been, it's been a morning, okay? Dude, same thing. It's been I, a morning. I get- during basketball season, I'm gone so often, and especially in March, I'm gone so often. I get very used to being alone, right? You're just, I'm just alone a lot. I'm in a hotel room by myself a lot. And what that means is you can, you know, largely you pick when you want to go to bed, you pick when you wake up, you pick when you want to eat, you pick when you want to work, you pick when you want to take a break from work, and you get back home, and like none of that's up to you anymore. You're not picking anything. You're now just back to, being a part of a group, uh, a family, I think is another word for it. That is the that is the term for it. That is correct. Yes, your and, family. Uh, that's, that's not the easiest uh, adjustment for me. Like we were doing Easter stuff yesterday, which really just means going to my mother in law's house and then going to my father's house. 
And there was a moment because my guys are uh, nine and six, my little guys now, and they're old enough to where they're best friends, but they also like mess with each other nonstop. And so like there's a moment yesterday in the car where I like have to stop the car and turn around and say, (laughs) I swear to God, if one of you touches the other one, yes. Like, do not t- if you don't have young children, you have no idea uh, how no ridiculous idea. just touching each other can be. Do not put your the first one who puts his hand on the other one. You're losing your eye. I threaten everything. You'll never see your PS5 again. Not so great at following through with threats, but no, boy, you got to just- follow. You have to you have to follow through two things. One, I got my two guys, my two boys. We'll get to basketball. But the little guy, his fight back move. He takes his chin and he buries it into my older one's shoulder blades. He just buries it right in there. I'm like, get your chin off of him. And it is like, guys, stop, separate, separate. And to that point with the, with the threats. So Easter came, Easter Bunny. You know, thankfully, the Easter Bunny doesn't go nuts. All right. We got a, we got a few little chocolate eggs and a, and a chocolate. We don't go nuts. And that's with intention. But however, um, my guys were up at about 6.05 in the morning and got into that. And so because we, we, we told them. You can't have it until mommy and daddy come down. Well, they didn't listen. Uh, not messing around. They get no chocolate for a week. Not messing around, Parrish. You have to come through. No chocolate for a week. You had your little splurge, okay, for breakfast there. They're done. They're done. So that's how you got You got you to come down. Got to come down hard. The, the, the struggle, and I'm just being sincere here. I realize this is terrible parenting. But the struggle is like, all right, that's enough. I told you don't touch each other. You immediately went back to trying to hit him in his ear. You lose the iPad for a week. And then, like, you go, hold, just get your iPad. I'm busy right now. I need you to not be in my <laughs> office at this moment. Take your iPad and go downstairs. So that's the constant juggle. you know. And I'm not as busy now as I otherwise would be. But it's like... No iPad for you. No PlayStation 5 for you. But then it's like, if they don't have the iPad and the PS5, they're just, hey, Dad, can we go uh, do this and that? And often that's the best thing in the world. But sometimes it's like, I have to update the top 25 and one right now, or I have to get ready for the podcast right now. Here, just take your iPad and and, uh, go uh, downstairs. And it's tough, man. It's tough. And I was going to say they don't. I was going to say there's not a playbook, but I think there actually is a playbook. You could probably just, you know, buy it on, they probably have it at your house inside. 48 hours on Amazon, but I've never taken the time to read it. Many, many, many playbooks, but no, it is wonderful. Uh, it also is wonderful to be back home. We did take our, this was the longest podcast break we had had since, uh, since last off season, we went six days without an episode, but we want to, you, you know what the, the audience take a little breather and, and now, and now we back, you know, we're, we're going to have plenty more for you coming because as we'll get to on this, and this is a good thing for college basketball, but I think I speak for GP as well. like, I'm good with no players making any decisions about their future for at least four days after the NCAA tournament. You guys want to just take a, that's not how it works. I understand that fully, but if everyone wanted to just be like, you know, we're just not going to do anything for a week. I'd be more than okay with it. We have had no shortage of decisions. Guys expected to go. They're gone. That's not really news, but it's the guys that have decided to come back. The guys who went in the portal and have already decided since then we've got, uh, a number of those to touch upon. And if you have been of the mind to not be dialed in so, 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 you know, intensely on college hoops after the uh, NCAA tournament game ended. And frankly, if you rely on this podcast for your news updates, well, that's exactly what this episode is going to be for to get you caught up on all of the player movement that you need to know about in the week since the tournament ended. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. 
That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. So it's been a week since UConn won the 2023 NCAA tournament. Congrats again to Dan Hurley and the Huskies. Over the past seven days, the transfer portal uh, has been busy. And we got a couple of big commitments over the weekend, specifically former Baylor guard LJ Cryer committed to Houston and former Houston guard Tremont Mark committed to Arkansas. These developments compelled me to move uh, both of those programs into the top 15 of the top 25 and one. Yes, we are now on version 3.0 of the top 25 and one. Houston now up to number 12. Arkansas now up to number 14. Deadleg, how successful have you been at keeping track where folks are huh. going to be playing next season? Are you aware that among other transfer news, Kirk Reese is at West Virginia, Ace Baldwin yes. is at Penn State, Caleb Love is at Michigan. Sky Clark's at Louisville. Denver Jones is at Auburn. Caleb Mills is going to be a Memphis Tiger. And Jameer Nelson Jr. is at TCU. Did you know all of those things? I knew everyone except I missed Jameer going to TCU. How did we both? Because that's the one I missed too. As I was, I missed that one. I don't know when that happened to you. You could tell me it happened this morning or it happened in the middle of the national title game. And I believe you. Yeah, I, I was going through them earlier and I was like, Oh, I missed Jameer Nelson Jr. to TCU completely. Like I had not heard that at all. So anyway, congratulations to to Jameer Nelson Jr. and his famous uh, father, Jameer Nelson, who uh, worked with me at CBS Sports Network, like uh, became a real friend of mine. He's a he's an awesome guy, awesome uh, awesome guy. So happy for that family. What other ones we got here? And I do want to focus on a couple ones. Um, all right, so let's start with the national champs. Klingon is back. All right, Hawkins is gone as expected. We are waiting on Andre Jackson and Adama Sonogo. Now, I said on the podcast uh, title game recap one, uh, you put UConn number one with the idea that only Hawkins would leave. I said, I'll play the odds and I'll say one of them will go. I think your words were, where are they going? <laughs> I said, well, just, we'll have to wait and see on that. Klingon is back. His return is huge. Now, um, uh, Luke Murray, who I talked to for a story on Sonogo and Klingon after the, I talked to him before the final four, but we ran the story after they won the national semi and it was uh Maybe we ran it before it. Honestly, it's all blending together. Regardless, Luke was like, you should ask Klingon on the record if he's coming back because we think he's going to come back. I wound up not crossing paths with Donovan before all that stuff, but they believed he would return. He indeed did return. Now, our buddy Sam Vecini, who will try and squeeze him in on this episode before we mm -hmm. get to the end of it, can't promise it. I know, Sam, you're waiting, but we'll see. Uh, Vecini, uh, and I talked to him about this at the Final Four. It was great to see Sam down there in Houston before he scooted back out to, uh, to Portland for... Um, hoop summit he was strongly of the belief that Klingon would have gone in the first round so we have a, a case here in his opinion not universal but in sam's opinion and sam is super smart and follows this stuff as well as literally anyone uh that Klingon would have gone number in, in the first round he's got there's too much there there's been too much temptation so we have a case here where a potential first round pick has actually bypassed that to return to college we'll wait on jackson and sanogo um 
Elijah Martin's also going to test the waters for FAU. That's another Final Four team player-related thing. He will return to FAU if he doesn't get drafted. I would expect him to return. Uh, Janelle Davis, his teammate, might wind up doing the same thing there. Um, any thoughts on UConn before I run down the rest of these lists and we really dig into a few more other players, GP? There's been some transfer whispers about Sonogo as well. Have you heard that? Uh, no, but that would be certainly interesting. Yeah, I mean, I just can't imagine it actually happening. Because they I mean, literally let him start to shoot three-pointers, and he did it well. Like, he, he's coming off an all-time, like, an all-time awesome tournament performance. So, yeah. Yeah, I yeah I, I, I'd be shocked. Uh, but, but like, some people put that in my ears over the past week or so. Like, it might not be Sonogo to the NBA. It could be Sonogo to the transfer portal. Um, it, I wouldn't rule anything out. It just, mm-hmm. it does on a surface level. It makes no sense whatsoever. You, you just won a championship at UConn. You're probably going to be a preseason all American. You were the most outstanding player of the final four. You have a real legacy now connected to you at UConn. I don't know that you blow, blow that up. Um, and if it comes down to, you know, name, image and likeness stuff, I recognize him being an international player complicates that, but it doesn't make it impossible. Um, with Andre Jackson, listen, I, I said from the jump, they can both test the waters if they want to. Uh, obviously, they can remain in the NBA draft if they want to, but I don't think either is a first-round draft pick, and I think there's a, um, a world where they, they, they benefit financially more from returning to college basketball, and that's why I suspect uh, that they will. Um, you know, As always, we'll see, but I, at this point, I, I'm operating under the belief UConn's going to return five of the top six scores from the team that won the national championship and be the, the preseason number one. And even if they did lose Sonogo, you just slide clinging straight in there as your starting center. I know. According to Sam, that's a first-round prospect who's going to be a second-year player. Um, as your starting center, I think UConn probably still preseason number one, even if they were to lose Sonogo. I think that's that's probably the case. And they got a really good freshman class coming in. Will be super interesting yeah. to see how Hurley in that program, uh, you know, in, inherit a lot of success and a lot of attention and head into next season. Uh, this will be conversations for certainly the preseason. Hard to see how UConn um, would be UNC a year later. You know, UNC didn't win a national championship, but it was preseason number one after a, a final four run um a few other uh names that you mentioned creasa to west virginia that'll be super interesting creasa going across the country to play for huggins uh baldwin to penn state that's a good uh, it's not surprising i frankly expected ace baldwin to follow mike rose to penn state but it gives penn state like again pickett went from siena to play for mike at penn state baldwin's not the same kind of player but i can see him being nearly as important to Penn State as Pickett was. Uh, Jalen Cook from Tulane to LSU, I actually think is a major, major one for Matt McMahon. Didn't want to let that... Two major ones that I think will have a, a, a real impact on win totals next season. I'm not saying these teams are making the tournament, but I'm, I'm saying that these players might prevent these teams from being bottom two, bottom three in their respective leagues. I think Jalen Cook going to play for LSU is big. I think Fardos Amak returning to play for Mark Madsen at Cal. We will, by the way, have a coaching carousel roundup episode coming for you soon enough. We'll get to every high major stuff. That's a different episode. That's not this one. But Madsen's now at Cal. Fardos Amak, who had... Really, and this is inevitable, GP, as you well know, these guys, they go into the portal... You know, we're going, you know, 2000 names into this thing and some some it's never been there's never been more relevant players like you and I were on the same page on this as recently as like three years ago. We thought like the guys that are transferring, like there's really like, you know, five to ten that actually really matter. Now there's there's like legitimate names, like really, really productive players. And there's there's more than ever. But inevitably, there will just be some guys that 
that don't work out. I mean, a lot of these players in some way, and this isn't AMAC specifically, but they're one and dones, but not one and done to the NBA. They're one and dones going like one and done at one school and going into the portal and trying something else. Um, some will work, some will not. I think AMAC going to return to play for Mats and they had a really good relationship. Um, AMAC's trip to Texas Tech, and he also had injury. It was just, you know, I don't want to call it a disaster. It just didn't work out well. I think Cook and AMAC are big ones. Um, Kayla, I think the three biggest headline ones, though, are, Lo- are Caleb Love to Michigan, Cryer to Houston, which is fascinating, um, and then Tremont Mark to Arkansas. A lot of the Houston stuff, like, you know, Houston was really, really good, and then Mark wants to, and I don't fault him. You know, I wanted to bring up the fact that did you see I know you had to have seen it, right? I'm gonna read I'm gonna read the tweet aloud here. Um Greg McDermott tweet from a couple of days ago. Did you see yeah, it? Of course. He, no, and okay. he's right. And and that was obviously in a in response to losing uh Nimhard yes. uh, to the transfer portal. And I thought um Greg said uh what every coach should understand. Like you're gonna benefit from the transfer portal, you're gonna get bitten by the transfer portal. I'll let you read his words. Yeah, here's what he said. This is after Ryan Nemhard, who we need to talk to uh, talk about as well. Uh, he said, the transfer portal, portal works both ways. We enjoyed many players that have come from other schools. All of the young men that have decided to move on have made huge contributions to our program. I wish them all the best as they continue their journey. I hope you will do the same. This is... like Coaches are, ent- are entirely entitled to privately and publicly show frustration, anger, regret, laments, whatever. Like that's going to come with and that comes with the paycheck that's now part of the job. Obviously, so many of those coaches, if not all of those coaches, are also going to benefit in the same exact ways when they get transfers in. I would just say, not having a stake in this as a coach, and it's not my problem to worry about. It's my, it's our problem, you know, our, our duty to document, talk about, write about all this stuff. That what McDermott's done here. I think is is pretty much the way that he's setting the example that needs to that needs to be paved going forward. Now, if a coach wants to bitch publicly about losing a transfer and makes for a juicy quote, we're not saying no to that. All right, because it's 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 fun to talk about. And frankly, I wish more coaches would go public with the stuff they privately sometimes gripe about. But that being said, this is the way that it is like sometimes or not sometimes the reasons that guys will transfer there are many different ones. Obviously, NIL is at the heart of it. Can I get more money? Can I get more playing time? Uh, but some there might be other factors at play that you might not be aware of. And the fact that you had a guy come into your program, play for one, two, three, maybe even four years, moving on to a different situation. Obviously, the fan base is going to be... Fan bases, in many cases, are going to be very uh, sensitive to this. And like losing Nemhard for Creighton is like that's a major deal because the idea and you you dropped him i'm gonna tee up right here in a second gp but you drop obviously you dropped creighton from where it was versus where it is now because nemhard was setting up to be and still maybe but with creighton and a roster and a coach he was familiar with like that's a top five point guard in the sport next season instead he is moving on and i will also note he is moving on from a situation where it's not like creighton does not have name image and likeness that is not the case it absolutely does but for one reason or another ryan nemhart has decided that he wants to explore his options put his name in the transfer portal and see if he can play somewhere else i don't know this to be 100% the case but there have been cases in fact there's a player in kentucky who's literally trying to decide this right now some guys put their name in the portal and they come on they come right on back i'm not saying that's going to happen with nemhart but we also have to keep that uh potential outcome uh, on the table with, with some of these guys. Where did, what are your thoughts on the Nemhard? I was, I genuinely was surprised by it. Like you heard about like 
you're hearing whispers about Sonogo, et cetera, et cetera. I didn't have any of that with Nemhart. So when I saw it, it did genuinely surprise me. How surprised were you? And uh, how how far did you drop Creighton in your early top 25 and one once he said, I'm, I'm leaving and put my name in the floor? Very surprised because like you said, the stuff that players are usually pursuing when they enter the transfer portal is stuff that he already has. Like, play. I, I want to play uh, in a power conference. You are. I want to be a starter. You are. I want to be on a team that can compete for a national championship. You are. I want to be somewhere where I can benefit from name, image, and likeness. You are. Everything you would think somebody would want was there for Nimhart at Creighton. But again, like he has his own reasons. I'm sure he'll explain it at some point. Um, it, it, it's, it's a loss, um, a big one. But as I started sliding Creighton, and this is the way I do the top 25 and one every morning during the season. I, I've explained it uh, often. I don't get caught up in like how far do you drop as much as I just, if you lose a player or in, in the season, a game, I slide you down to where I think you belong, whether that's two spots or 17 spots. I move you to where it feels like you belong now. And so I didn't move Creighton down too much, I think from six down to nine, uh, but I still have them as a top 10 team. I mean, even without Nimhard, they're returning everybody else who mattered from a team that when Ryan Cockbrenner was healthy and available uh, was one of the best teams in the country. So I still got it as a preseason top 10 team, but not quite borderline top five team, which is where I had them before. And on this transfer portal stuff, um, I can understand how coaches get frustrated by it. I would get frustrated uh, as well. Um, there, there's one YouTube commenter, Kevin, who said, you know, he was a, he's a fan of the MAAC. Uh, how does Chip Patterson pronounce that league? How <laughs> did he say it? For, actually, that's a great call. I forgot. But something like the Mac. <laughs> yeah. like and he said the transfer portal feels like it's destroyed the league. He said he feels like 80% of our players um, are, are in the portal. And that that I'm going to say that's high, but I, I don't know. But for whatever, uh, whatever the number actually is, um, I don't know how to say this any other way. I don't care. Like, it doesn't matter to me. You know, if you are a good Mac, Mac coach, you, mm-hmm. that you, 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 the, the career path is that you move on to a bigger and better league. That's been the way for coaches forever, right? Rick Pitino just did it. That's the way that that's what that league has forever been for coaches. So why are Why is anybody so offended? And I don't mean this about Kevin specifically. I'm just talking broadly speaking. Why are, why do people think it's the worst thing in the world for the sport for a mid-major player to enter the portal and go high major when good mid-major coaches do it literally every year. When a mid-major coach gets a high major job, we applaud him and we say, man, so happy for you. Man, in this wild, remember when you were just an assistant and you got this mid-major job because that's the best job you could get, but now an ACC school, a Big Ten school wants to hire you. Isn't that amazing? Congratulations. You're changing your family's life. Why, why don't we not just say the exact same thing to the players who get the exact same opportunity? Congratulations. As I've said before, nobody grows up wanting to be a mid-major basketball player. Nobody. That's nobody's dream. Go find the best 12-year-old basketball players in the country. None of them are going to tell you, yeah, I'm really uh, dreaming of going to Green Bay. You know, it's just not – everybody Green dreams. Bay taking a stray right now. You know I what I mean. <laughs> this is going to be exactly like yes. Green Bay is going to be in the final four in two years. And this yeah. thing, you're done. You know what? Oh, I don't have the clip ready either. Gosh, you know I what keep I, forgetting that. You know, what our I mean. guy, if you if you are unfamiliar, Parrish absolutely murdered 
FAU on the air like two years ago. Dusty May never forgot it. We re we readdressed that in a January episode, and believe me, Dusty May never forgot it. Paris is like, <laughs> I don't even think about you. <laughs> I, so um, nobody dreams of going to be a mid-major college basketball player. You dream of playing in the ACC or the Big Ten or the SEC or whatever. And then if you end up end up at a mid-major school, it, it's simply because that's the best. It's almost always it's the best opportunity you could get. Same for coaches. Nobody dreams of coaching at a mid-major school. You dream of coaching in the ACC or the Pac-12 or whatever. And uh, if you end up coaching at a mid-major, it's because that's the best opportunity you could get. And if you do it really, really well, somebody might offer you a, a better opportunity, a bigger opportunity. And when coaches get that opportunity, we applaud them. I, for one, applaud the players as well. If every mid-major good player gets an opportunity to fulfill a dream and play at the high-major level, um, I'm happy for all of them that want to take advantage of it. And and keep in mind, there's going to be guys that transfer down. So those mid-major programs are also going to get guys that were formerly like, you know, ranked higher than where, you know, they they were not a mid-major prospect, but then they went and played high-major ball, and then they're going to transfer down. There's there's some give and take, and the uh, water to some, to some level always finds yeah they think of it level. like uh, escalators and i'm like when you know at the, at the airport or whatever you're gonna have players mm-hmm. moving up and right, players you moving down it's like a yeah, so, escalator yeah. you see you ever been on Something. an escalator we're getting to the escalator because we took a couple escalators with yes, Alfonso we Ellis. we'll get the we'll get there in a second all right so um among the commitments yeah uh caleb love to michigan lj crier to houston Tremont Mark to Arkansas. I think those are the three biggest. I think anyone else that you would put in that category right now among transfers that have committed to a new spot. No, those are those are the biggest ones. Um, Caleb Mills to Memphis sounds big because like he was the priest. I believe he was the preseason AAC player of the year a few years ago. Yeah. And then he transferred out of Houston. And he's just been on two bad teams back-to-back years at Florida State. We'll see. We'll we'll see, see. right. There was a time where I would have went, oh, wow. And now I'm like, we'll see. I mean, listen, if I'm Penny Hardaway, I take him. I I like the idea of him. He's just been off the radar for two years. I agree. Let's let's talk to these three players, and then we'll get to the few guys that have not decided who are are big names outside of Nemhard. So Tremont Mark, uh, you know – does I don't want to see Yelman's work because he was more than that, but he averaged 10 points, five boards, two assists, was a solid all-around contributor to Houston for the past three seasons. Now he's going to go play for a coach who I'm not going to call him the portal god because as I said during the tournament, you know, Jim Laranega has taken five teams to the Sweet 16 with three transfers start in the starting lineup a piece. Like Laranega is actually the, the portal god here, but obviously Musselman has been able to use that as well as anyone else. Um, I think it's a really, really good get. And for an Arkansas team that made yet another, you know, third straight season going to the second weekend of the tournament, uh, a, a really, really good addition. We will see what else. It's interesting we talk hogs here because you know that there are, there, there's more that's going to come out specifically with that roster. So on its surface, it's a really, really good ad. And I think it will provide year-over-year consistency to keep Arkansas near the top of the SEC. Trevon Brazil, by the way, announced he's coming back. He got hurt early in the season. He was an NBA, is an NBA prospect. He just suffered a season-ending ACL injury that prevented, frankly, it prevented Arkansas from being a highly-seeded team. Him back is also a major one. But I thought, I think, Mark, that one, to me, would you agree, 
I think it just makes sense. Like that seems like a good fit. Sometimes these these transfers they they go to a certain place, and maybe we'll talk about one in just a second here. That we'll just have to wait and see on it. But it's hard for me not seeing Tremont Mark to continue being the kind of productive player, if not even more productive, at Arkansas the way that he was at Houston. Yeah, he'll be great. I mean, he's a guard with real size. You know, um, he's six five. I, I maybe closer to six six at this point. I just remember seeing him at the Veterans Classic at the Naval Academy back in November, um, you know, on the court because I was on the sideline for that. And I was like, geez, he looks taller than I remember. A really good player. Um, and I think we'll transition to the SEC uh, with absolutely no problem whatsoever. And then it just comes down to what else does Arkansas bring back, right? Um, uh, is Devontae Davis back? I think so. I'm projecting mm-hmm. him back. Is Jordan Walsh back? I'm projecting him back. I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That would surprise me if he wasn't. I think, I think, and he's a guy who could really pop as a, as a great all around player as a second year player. So he should be expected to return. Yeah. And then, you know, as Arkansas normally does, they've, um, they, they've got uh, a couple of five-star prospects set to enroll. So they're going to have a nice balance of experienced guys, transfer portal guys and high level freshmen. You know, I, I moved Arkansas up to, I want to make sure I've got it right, I believe number 14, yeah, in the top 25 and one, one spot below Kentucky. But depending on what else happens this offseason, I could certainly see the Razorbacks uh, solidifying themselves before November as a preseason top 10 team. I, I like the Tremont Mark um, addition a lot. Prior to Houston is super intriguing to me. Um, one Although at the time of this, it's technically not true. It is an intra-conference move because he's going to go from Baylor to Houston. Houston's swooping on in as a Big 12 member officially on July 1 later this year. Now, I hyped up Terrence Arsenault in the preseason. I was wrong. Okay. I thought he'd be much more impactful than he was. But that being said, a very good natural score and yet he did not he didn't he didn't play a ton he played 14 minutes average 3.7 points he was just he was not even a role player that will be expected to change in a major way next year but here comes Cryer going into a Houston program this is intriguing Cryer got his numbers man he shot 41.5% from 3 played 32 minutes a game and averaged 15 points for Baylor Maybe he wants to. I don't know his exact reasons and intentions. This is fascinating to me because he was set up to again be a scoring machine on a, on a bay. Like Scott Drew, his team was down defensively, but he's had really good defensive teams. Maybe he wants to go to Houston to flush out his overall game and improve his his draftability a year from now. I could I could that would make sense to me. And then he's going from one great coach to another. So from a coaching standpoint. Uh, you know, he's he's not downgrading and f- he's not moving to a drastically different part of the country. He's not moving conferences. The Cryer one, I just find to be fascinating because I if I'm Arsenal, who does project as an eventual NBA pick as well, uh, I got a guy coming in and not to say that he won't be a great teammate. I'm sure he will be, but it's just undeniable. Like there's a guy coming in who just averaged 15. I'm thinking my sophomore year is going to be here that I get the, the ball and, and play an LJ Cryer role. Um I think we are going to have a little bit of a different Houston look next season, GP. Like it's, it'll probably be the best league in the country again. Houston should, as usual, should rank among the better defensive teams in the country. But I, I think we really might see a, a Houston team that's capable of dropping 75, 80 plus on, on many teams here. I think we are, uh, we are getting a group that is going to be more 
it's going to have more dynamism to its offense than it has in recent seasons. I think the crier get is a huge one for the Cougars. Yeah, to add a guy who's already been impactful at the Big 12 level to your program in advance of entering the Big 12 is, is I think, clearly a, a, a nice development. And I'm, I'm at the point where I just assume Houston's going to be good, really good, every season that Kelvin's there. Uh, there there's a few programs that um, I, I pencil into the top 25 and one just based on who the coach is. And I don't even really question uh, the, the roster. Um, the best example of that last season was Purdue. I would, I literally spent all off season writing on paper. It doesn't look like a top 25 and one team, but it's Matt Painter and they're always in the top 25 and one. So I'm just going to start them here. And then they exceeded even my expectations. I have Kansas in the top 10 right now. If you looked at the roster, you would go, really? Is that a top 10 team? But I'm just betting on Bill Self will have a top 10 team. Do you realize if you make that bet every year, you'll be, you'll be right way more often than, than not. You'll be right almost always. So Houston is one of those teams for me. I've now got them up to number 12 in the top 25 and one. And that's one where, like, that's one where I look at the roster and I go, okay, the roster is good. But regardless of what was there, I would just, it's Calvin Sampson. They've been good for so long consistently now. Uh, they'll be good again. But I, I think they'll be so good next season. They'll have a shot to compete for a Big 12 title in their first season in the Big 12. They'll, they're, on paper and based on history, they, they seem capable of competing at the top of the Big 12 in year one. All right. And then let's, uh, well, let's wrap with Caleb Love among guys who have uh, decided where they're going. They're going to Michigan. Thoughts, anticipations, predictions, vibes. Goes from yep. North Carolina to Michigan. Two high-profile programs. No matter what happens from here to the end of this transfer period, he will go down as a... He'll, he's going to be one of the three biggest headlines because of who he is, who he played for, what he's done. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, the stigma from the season that just happened. Uh, is this going to work, GP? Define work. Uh, is is Caleb Love going to be? How, how about this? Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you parameters here. Will Michigan make the NCAA tournament, and will Caleb Love be one of the fifteen best players in the Big Ten because of it? Both things. Yes and yes. Okay, I could, barely now. But how about this? I'd go barely and barely. Because okay. can't. And I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm not putting this out there because I think it's going to happen or I want to happen because I don't. But if you tell me a year from now that it didn't work and Michigan didn't make the NCAA tournament, I would not be surprised because we're going to get to Dickinson in a second, but Dickinson's gone. Maybe right. this does work, but we can see that, right? I can see all. Oh, but yes. That's why yes. I said barely and barely because it's not hard yeah. to imagine him, you know, taking a million shots a game, shooting terrible percentages for a totally mediocre Big Ten team. I could see that too. But if I had to bet one or the other, it's just every year I'm reminded of how not difficult it is to make the NCAA tournament if you're, if you're good. Uh. If you're, I mean, look at some of the teams that get into the tournament from from these power conferences. You don't have to be great. <laughs> I know, I know. We'll see. Here, love stats: sixteen point seven. This is last season. Sixteen point seven per game, three point seven rebounds, two point eight assists. He shot thirty seven point eight percent from the field and thirty percent from three. And let me bring up basketball reference here. How many point? How many shots we think we took per? He took per game here. Let's let's guess. I'm gonna say. All, I'm gonna say. I think he took all of them. And take all of them. I'll say. My, my guess is that Caleb Love took all of the shots. He averaged 16.7 points. I'm gonna say Caleb Love took. 
I'll say he took... I mean, there was a lot to feed on that team. I will say he took 17.5 shots a game. What's your guess? Uh, I'm just going to tell you. He doesn't want to guess. I just I see it. He took 15.1. All right, so there we go. It's not, I mean, 15.1 shots for 16.7 per game, not the greatest ratio, but it wasn't, I thought he was actually more shots than points per game. We'll see. Maybe it does. He, you know, he, he is a, he is a talent. He is a former, he is a former and maybe a future NBA prospect. He's not that right now. You co- you go to North Carolina as a highly touted high school prospect, you get to a final four, you got size, you know, he's, he's six, four, a solid, you know, 190 pounds or so. And, and, not afraid to shoot you're not transferring again he's got a he's got to work on his uh, reputation as an NBA prospect there will be fascinating for sure and for Michigan you know Jawan Howard has has done good not great so far and there's going to be a good amount of pressure on that program going into the next season Jawan Howard to this point has coached four seasons with Michigan the first season they would have made the tournament with some ease but there was no tournament Second season, he gets to the Elite Eight as a one seed. It was tremendous. Last season, they squeak in as an 11, but then they make the Sweet 16. So it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's like light UNC vibes a year ago. And then this past season, 18 and 16, uh, a complete disappointment up and down the entire season. Lost to Rutgers in the Big Ten tournament, which did them in. They went to the NIT and they wound up losing in a weird way, actually. Uh, I was in Albany watching that game on a second screen. They lost at Vanderbilt in the NIT. So um, not to say Howard's on the hot seat. He is not. Let me make that clear. But there's a little bit of like, hmm, we probably should be better than we are right now. And then you, your highest profile transfer is going to be Caleb Love. That is high risk, high reward. Yeah, I think he'll score, obviously. And I think Michigan will have a chance to make the NCAA tournament. And if he's putting up 15 points per game for an NCAA tournament team, he will be one of the top 15 players in the Big Ten. So the question was, does Michigan make the tournament? Caleb Love, one of the best 15 players in his league. I'll say yes and yes, but I don't feel strongly about it. Um, we'll see We'll see how the roster shapes up over the uh, coming weeks and, and months. You ready to move on? I just uh, Before we move on, here are the five biggest names, in my opinion, that haven't declared where they're going. Transfers. Dickinson's leaving. Oh, by the way, Dickinson's leaving Michigan, which is also kind of like, hmm. That's interesting. Uh, does Cobb might have him number one in his transfer? He does. I don't, yeah, he does. That, that makes sense. Hunter Dickinson has got to probably be the best player on the board. But that I mean, Juwan Howard is the big who coached bigs. And now Dickinson's I don't know something, something about that. Uh, Max Asmus, Khalil Ware out of Oregon. Asmus, obviously, out of Oral Roberts. Nemhard from Creighton. And then probably, probably Harrison Ingram from Stanford, I guess. Among the uncommitted transfers, uh, we did get two bits of news before we went live here. Jeremy Roach is going to test the waters, but is not for sure leaving Duke. And then Tyson Walker is coming back to Michigan State, which should firm up. I haven't checked it all out. That's got to firm up Michigan State as a top 20 team heading into next season. Maybe even better than that, but uh, but he's a major piece. And that is your transfer roundup after uh, almost a full week of the offseason. I've got Michigan State at 11th in the uh at number 11 in the top 25 and one and if you're curious um according to david cobb's transfer rankings hunter dickinson best available followed by max Asmus at number two kelly Ware at number three he's expected to make an announcement on tuesday and uh it was lj crier for tremont mark five they're both off the board 
Ryan Nimhard would be best uh, next up in best available at sixth overall. That was followed by Kirk Kreese at seven, Harrison Ingram at eight, Ace Baldwin at nine, and Tyler Perry uh, at 10 from North Texas, still looking for a new home. Let's move on. Let's so last it. Tuesday, so last Tuesday, Deadleg and I, we had to travel from Houston back to beautiful, updated LaGuardia, LGA. Yeah. LGA, because rather than go home, I went back to New York City. It was quite an adventure. We'll give you the highlights next. First, a word from our partners. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So last Tuesday afternoon, Deadleg and I flew from Houston back to New York City. Scheduled departure, 2.44, leaving Houston on our way to LaGuardia, we didn't take off on time. Almost nothing went the way it was supposed to go. Yeah. I'll let you tell the story. I'll just jump in here or there. Uh, all right. So first of all, uh, just the, the forces at play that lead, that lead to all this. I, I, because the title game always, you know, the work now, it's between uh, HQ stuff you know, a blessed gig. Lo- love to have it. Lucky to have it. But got to do the on-court stuff, the interviews with the coaches and players. Then I got to do a recap uh, for HQ. Then got to tape an overnight. Then got to get to work on a column and then podcast with GP. There's just a lot. So I'm not getting to bed before, you know, after 3 a.m. every time. So I've given up this idea that I that I should be flying out by 10, 30, 11 a.m., uh, let alone try and catch the you know seven a.m. flight. That's just a that's a that's a nightmare. Because uh, as you then you get home and you if you catch the seven a.m. or seven thirty, you get home, but you're just exhausted and you're no good to your entire family. And it's like, why'd you why'd you do this? Why'd you come home? Just don't do this. Don't show it's, up. It's a travel trip for anybody yes. who travels regularly. It's something I because I used to when I because I've been traveling like this for about twenty years now, um, and. Um, I, I used to always be, man, I got to get home as soon as I can. You know, if it's a 6 a.m. flight on two hours sleep, get home as quickly as I can because I want to be back home. I've been gone for three days already. I want to get back home. What you realize, or at least what I realize, is if you've been gone for two days, three days, five days, whatever it is, when you walk in the door, particularly if you have children, wife and children, you need to be on. Like it's time. They have been without you for however long a time, and now you're here. If you say, Hey, it's good to see you. Nice to be back home, but man, I'm exhausted. I got to go lay down for a minute. That that it, that's irritating. If you say, <laughs> I I've, I've got to work. Hey, good to see you, but I got to go upstairs and do some things real quick. Uh, 
that's irritating. People are like, you've been home, you've been gone five days and you walk in the door and the first thing you want to do is sleep or work, right? Can't do that. You are so much better taking a later flight and getting whatever needs to be done, done before you get home or just resting before you get home. I have never once had somebody in my family irritated at me for getting home at 7 p.m. instead of noon. But come home at noon and say you want to go right back to sleep or you've got work to do. Well, that that can that can cause issues. So I'm now team. I don't want to set an alarm to wake up and I want to get home when I get home. Um, but I want to be well rested when I get there. Now, this wasn't really a concern for me this time because I was going back to New York. But either way, if I were coming back to Memphis on that Tuesday, I was coming home on a, a flight that left around 244 in the afternoon. So that is why I'm taking a, a later flight. And that was a scheduled 244 departure. Uh, the latest I'd ever flown out after a final four. And normally, actually, the good buddy Jeff Borzello and I are on the same flight because he lives in Long Island. And so I fly into LGA and then I, I scoot up back home to Connecticut. Uh, Borzello was on a couple hours earlier and then I don't know when we determined we were on the same flight, but we did determine it at some point and it was within 24 hours of this. And so, uh, you being the rock star that you are, be like, Hey, listen, I got a car. I got a car service. You want to want to ride? Yeah, I want to ride GP. You know, if I don't have to call the lift, I'll take the car service. I'll take the car service. That was nice, by the way. I took the car service from the hotel with Gene Steratore and Avery Johnson to the final four. That was good times. Car services are great, except I ran into a problem a few years ago. It continues to be a problem to this day. This is the way the story is going to go. Oh, with boy. me just jumping in here. There. We haven't even gotten to the airport yet. Go ahead. So a few years ago, we have a car service, and it'll, it'll text you your car information, like uh, Blue Line car number 1347 driver is named whatever it's a black suv yukon whatever uh, license plate boom 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 and they send this for you every time you got a car it's great a few years ago one random day i'm like trying to do a live radio show but my text messages are hooked up to my computer so if i get text messages a lot it start becoming become distracting it's like boomer esiason car coming for you <laughs> Phil yeah. Sims, like uh, Greg Gum, uh, uh, Greg Gum, like I was getting everybody's text for their cars. I, I mean, I was getting happens. Boomer cars, uh, you know, Gene Steratore car, everything you could think of. It was like a list of them. For some reason, my phone number got connected to this where it was sending me everybody's. And I thought it was just a one-day thing, and then the next day, same thing happened. Every car that CBS Sports was getting for anybody, I was getting text message about it. So there's always like a, a place where you can reply stop to stop, and I was like, please stop. Jesus Christ. So I texted all that stuff, and they stopped, and now they, they can't get me off that list. So I have to, I have to always like land and then call and say, okay, I have, I know you guys think you sent me my car information, but I don't have, I don't know where I'm just looking for a car. So it's a little bit of a complicated, but broadly speaking, uh, car services are great. I think that was your point. Go ahead. <laughs> you can just hear the sympathy coming through our listeners ears as you tell that story, by the way. <laughs> Good God. No. All right. So, so. Japan is in the ass is that I have to I have to dial a number and ask them where my car is sometimes at the airport. People bring me from one place to another in a very well, uh, well, temperature regulated, spacious vehicle that I don't even need for my legs. Yeah. OK. Anyway, it's actually, it's actually kind of the, the most ridiculous is the late nights at studios because they'll send okay. like an S. We aren't at the airport yet. Black SUV. 
pick me up at one and it drives me 0.7 miles. <laughs> I'm like, I could just get a lift. Like I really yeah. could just get an Uber X. It's not a big deal, but this, but, is, the, this is the world we live in. This is the place where you choose to lose your sixth, seventh and eighth pair of AirPods. So here we go. All right. So I'm hustling uh, to make sure that I'm ready because Parrish and I were in the same spot, but we were at hotels were opposite each other. So his car, the car had to pick him up and he was going to super around and pick me up. Dude's like 30 minutes late. <laughs> you were just, so I was ready to go. I was like, I got to make sure I get this because I'm going to have to call a lift. And you, you were like, I'm hustling, but I'm running behind. All right. Maybe this means he'll be 10 minutes late. No, no, you're like 25 minutes late. Then you show up, then you show up and, uh, and I don't even realize it's you. It's a, it's a different car altogether. Um, there's another person riding in the car with us. And thankfully there was just, this was not, this was like a Honda Civic. Like, thankfully there was enough room to get, uh, cause we traveled for the final four. Like we have huge suitcases. We made it work. We made it work. We get there as an aside, Houston, fine city, Liberty kitchen and oysterette was a phenomenal dinner. Ninfa's was incredible. The airport might as well be in another state, my man. We were I, at one point. I turned. I was like, "Are we almost?" I was like, just out of curiosity. I was like, "Are we almost there?" Like we're kind of cutting this close. It's so far away. It's so far away. So it's the legit, legit thirty-five minute car ride to the airport. So we get there, and uh, and Paris is like, "Yeah, I, I do these. I got to do this interview. I got to do this radio interview." Uh, Norlander, can you just uh, take my bags out, please? Okay, sure, Mr. Parrish. I'll take them out. I do that. His suitcase weighed more than him. This The weight of your suitcase was outrageous. Okay? I over, I I'm always, lucky I didn't throw a disc in my back. I'm not kidding. This is I, insane. I always overpack. This one This one came in at 64 pounds. And I... I <laughs> If that thing was under 80, I'd be surprised. 64. Okay, so. But like they had to like write that, you know, I had to get the heavy. But, but luckily with Delta, I can have bags that go over the limit um, because of whatever. They just don't yeah. care if I do it. But uh, yeah, that one, that one was among the heaviest I've ever had. 64 nice. pounds is what it. So he goes at. and hides behind this wall and takes this radio interview. I'm like, what is he doing? I was like, I'm leaving his bags here. I'm, there's no way this dude thinks I'm actually lugging his luggage rolling it into the airport. No, no, no. You're taking your own. So I go, I check in, I go through security, meet you on the other side. I shoot a John Fanta style walking through the airport recap video. The good, uh, the great Russ Steinberg sees me and <laughs> interrupts the video. I actually tweeted that out if you want to see that, uh, which is all too funny. Eventually you come through and mm -hmm. as you come through, um, you know, the whole deal was like, you, you got the Delta Sky Lounge access. I'd, I, I'm just a, I'm a peon. I don't have that. So I'm like, all right, let's, let's do this. And, uh, I'm like, I don't know where it is. And we run into Lafonso Ellis, right. the wonderful, wonderful man. The and, best man. And, and introduce ourselves. And then Lafonso goes, yeah, I think, uh, I think there's, I think there's a, I think there's a, a sky lounge here. Uh, it might be in, it might be in terminal A and we, or it might be in no. D and we were in A, no. right? He Something said, like so we're all talking and we had never, had you ever met Lafonso? No, no. Once in passing, but not. Uh, yeah. Not so we never. We we all know each other. Um. You yeah. know, and 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 because we watch him on TV, and he he sees our work, and so, uh, but we had never actually met uh, because I believe he told us this was his first Final Four ever, right? So where else that would he I had meet him? that he had worked through Monday? I think was his yeah, first Final yeah. Four. Yeah. Yeah. So um. So we see Lafonso. We're just sort of chopping it up there, and I'm like, 
yeah, like uh, I don't know where the Delta Club is. Typically, there's going to be a sign that says Delta Club. I don't see a sign. There might not even be one here. Lafonso's like, no. Uh, and keep in mind, we're in a a gate, a terminal. And he's like, I think there's one in D. And so, like, who? Why not trust Lafonso Ellis, right? right? So I'm like, um, are you going? He's like, yeah. I'm saying, I said, come on, we'll just all walk together. So we. A and D are opposite ends. It's like North Pole and South Pole, right? You got to hop on. You got to hop on the tram. Yes. It's like it's like if you're trying to get from L.A. to New York. I mean, we are on different sides of the world here. And uh, but like, you know what? Lafonso says there's a Sky Club in D. We got another hour. Like we'll we go didn't. There. That's the thing is we didn't. We were kind of up against it. But I was like, you know what? If we're going to be able to hop in, get a quick bite like this will make it worth it. But we did not have an hour, at least I thought we didn't have an hour. We had enough. We had, yeah, it turns out we had more than an hour. Yes. But at the time we weren't where, but it was like, hey, get a drink, get some food, not sit out here with these people. Wow. I was willing. Parish, not so much. I these was people. A, so I was we get on the escalators. We get on the escalators and we're just we talking. Get on, the trams. You know, get on the tram. Well, first we get on the escalators to go up and then we get on the trams and we go around. And we're talking Lafonso about anything and everything. We get off and uh, we get off in D. Nah, man, there ain't no Delta Sky Club. There was some other club that I'm unfamiliar with. Parrish walks in. Parrish walks into. The, he's such a. He is such an airport veteran. He thinks he can talk himself into any Sky Club period, and so he walks in. And this is the woman's like shuts him down immediately. She's like, "Are, are you? Do you have a passport? Are you traveling internationally?" No, no, but you know, I'm a Sky Club member, and if if whatever no, you I told didn't her, say that. Didn't say you that. said something like that. And she no, shut it down I, again. I, She's she like, are you traveling quickly. internationally? No, then you can't come in here. That's what she That's said. What she she said. said, are you traveling internationally? And I said, no, I'm not. And uh, I said, but is there a Delta Sky Club here? She said, no. And I said, is there a partner club here? And, she, and then she just, at some point, she decided she's not hearing. She doesn't care anymore. She's like, are you traveling internationally? And I was like, no. I, she's like, then you can never you get out even, of my you face. Can, you can't even look at me right now. Yeah. So I, that was a humbling experience. Yeah. So I walked back out to you and Lafonso and I'm like, uh, we ain't allowed in that place. <laughs> that, we're not. So, and, and oh, by the way, now we're about to miss our flight. Exactly. <laughs> so let's so just then go we got to hoof it back. So then right. we and, and Lafonso, God love the guys. Like he's like, eh, man, my buddy said it was here. Sorry, guys. No, Lafonso, it's cool. But uh, it's great to get to know your life story as we are now walking around the entire Houston yeah, airport yeah, now with we, you. Now, like, Lafonso knows my kids' names. I know his yes. kids' names. Know how many the whole he's got. process, we know, man. We know every, it's a long walk. We know all everything about each other. Gave him the 411 on Micah Shrewsbury, taking over at Notre Dame, all this stuff. Because he's flying, because he's he's not going to the same spot as here. He's going back. He's flying to Atlanta to go back to South Bend and all that stuff. So we... <laughs> we tram it all the way back around the other side of the airport. And at this Not point, exaggerating. Like, felt like a good 30 minutes of just yeah, in movement. It was around it was. the airport yeah. with Lafonso. We burned some calories. That's what Lafonso was like. You know, we burned some calories. Get we our steps, steps in. in. We got, our got steps, steps in. in. So then um, then we get word once we got back. Then we, we parted ways with Lafonso. See you on down this uh, this trail of life. Lafonso, great to meet you. Awesome stuff. Everyone, everything everyone says about you is, is absolutely true. And then we realized our flights delayed a couple of minutes. So then we get a little uh, we get a little witch, witch, which, you know, uh, we can continue with the story. So uh, eventually well, first off, it's not like it's, it's witch, witch, but only part of the menu. You can only order a cold sandwich. <laughs> they have no he is no hot sandwiches. What? So if you wanted the Philly cheesesteak or whatever. No, sir. We can throw some turkey and tomatoes on some bread. Will you eat that? So I was like, 
listen, this ain't really my speed, but I'm starving and there's no <laughs> yeah. Delta Sky Club. No Delta Sky Club. So, sure, give me a cold witch witch. I think I got a buffalo chicken cold witch witch and a Coke Zero. So that's where this is going, okay? And unbeknownst to me, I, you know, I didn't realize that Parrish never does this. Like, he's getting to the airport. He's leaving. How about this? He's He's leaving... Not only is he choosing to fly home late and not see his family earlier than necessary, he's leaving his house earlier than necessary to get to the airport so he can just st- hang out in the Delta Sky Club yeah, yeah, I'm in just, Memphis. That's true. My wife accused me of that once, and I, I had to plead guilty because I have left my house earlier than necessary just so I could get to the Sky Club and have a drink and relax. I'm, I'm at peace in the Sky Club. so it's it's, yeah. it's It's where I'm most comfortable. It's your house of Zen. So... Uh, so I, I come to learn that Paris is like, and I'm hanging out with like normal people. Like I'm going to walk to the gate. This is disgusting. Like I can't take this. So we get to the gate. Obviously I was playing it up a little bit, <laughs> but I did. I, it was uncom- like, I just have, a, I have not sat in the public portion of an airport in years. I mean, I'm the last one to get on the plane. Sometimes in Memphis, they will literally like call the sky club. Because they know that's where I'm at. Like the gate will call the Sky Club and be like, can you tell GP to come on? <laughs> that, that's <laughs> happened multiple times. Yeah. Because I just get okay. sidetracked. I'm just having fun in the Sky Club. I don't want to leave to the last minute possible. So the flight gets winds up getting delayed again. And so we eventually like there's no we get to the gate. It's it's packed. <laughs> it's packed and not. I had this up a little while a, a little while ago. But yes. Um, he said this, and this is a direct quote. He said, this is so weird for me. I don't even know what to do with myself, end quote, because there was no Sky Lounge. He was waiting for the flight at a different at a different gate at this point. Oh, by the way, your computer battery was about to die. You didn't have immediate access to a nearby outlet that would allow you to sat in the chair that you were sitting in. So all this stuff is going is going haywire. Okay, Very your stressful. computer's about to die. Oh, and by, and by the way, because it's a flight out of the final four back to New York City, what normally happens to Parrish is he gets the auto first class upgrade bump. He doesn't book the first class flight. He just he flies so often. He has so many points. They just book. Sure. But this doesn't uh, not on this flight. No, 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 no. Final four back to New York City. Uh, the uh, those seats are spoken for. And so he is amongst the hoi polloi. All right. And so he is living his worst life at this point. Not to mention that the, the flight keeps getting delayed. We don't know why maintenance issues, all that kind of stuff. And so then, then what happened? Then uh, Brenna Green, who so you tweet is, that you tweet that picture. I do tweet that where yes. that's you and I sit in the that's airport true. like yeah. normal people, and yes. Brenna sees it. Um, Brenna, someone we've both known for a while. I first met her when she was a, a Gonzaga student. She's gone on to be a, a, a she's a she's a rising star in uh, the field of television sports media. And now based in, in Portland. So Brenna sees the tweet. She texts me. She's like, where are you guys at? I was like, we're just sitting over here at a 13, like idiots. So she comes over. So now we've got to, cause she's d- delayed or at least she had to get to the airport early or something, but she's got like some airport time in front of her. No lounge. She had been through. there like four hours and looked like she slept there overnight. <laughs> she, and she wouldn't be objecting to me saying this. She was rocking socks and sandals and, and literally looked like it was an overnight camp out scene. She had, she fully admitted it. So it added to the whole, vibe of all this stuff so that stuff continues so, to so, happen so um the flight continues to get delayed right yes. and because like when i flew home from new york on saturday i was in seat 1a like i th- th- 
the flight one a one a i almost took a picture and tweeted you you back you where I have. Be- i'm back where i belong yeah. uh, but i'm back where i belong one a which by the way is not the best seat two a is the best seat All one right. a you can't put you don't have a seat in front of you to put but your no bag underneath you keep going you got one no a one a is is you're just flexing to say I was in one A. Two A is actually the best seat. I was in one A because it was the only one available when I was picking my seat after getting the upgrade on that side of the plane, where you don't have somebody sitting directly Keep next going. to you on side of the plane. So, because uh, I, I mean, I had I I've been on for, I've been a first class every flight all season long because it's just Memphis, New York, back and forth, back and forth. Suddenly, Houston to New York with a bunch of like executives who buy first class. There was no first class available. So um, I got bumped up to Delta Comfort. It was in 14A or something like that. And I was like, okay, that's not great. But it's, uh, you know, it's that's still not going. great, by the way. Comfort. Yeah, but it's, Comfort, it, you know, it's but it's not it's not normal people seats either. Well, at some point, our seats, I mean, our flight keeps getting delayed, and they alert me on my app. Um, hey, Mr. Parrish, uh, your flight's delayed. Would you like to search for an alternative flight? So now I start to have thoughts in my head. I'm like, all right. Somebody has alerted me on Twitter that there is a, a Centurion, Centurion, I don't know, that's the way you say it, lounge that I have access to because of my Delta Sky Club. So there is a lounge here for me. Uh, and... If there's another flight to New York later tonight, like where am I? I'm just going to an empty hotel room anyway. I'll probably get upgraded on that one. So I'm happy just to take a later flight. I'll go settle into the club here, whatever it's called. And I'll just take a later flight rather than sit in 14A like a nerd. And apparently while I was looking at these possible flights, I picked one. I I didn't mean to. Yeah. So we're finally boarding. Hold on. yeah. Well, okay. Well, right before that moment happens, I see Dallin Cuff, former CBS Sports HQ, <laughs> yeah. a talent and anchor who now does a great job with ESPN and lives nearby me here in Connecticut. And he's also, he's freaking out. He's, yeah. he's not, he, he was on, he was on my flight to the final four with Borzello. And just like I saw a year ago, I board this thing and my guy is, he wasn't two way. I want to say he was like, you know, he was like six C, whatever window. Good to go. Ah, uh-uh, that ain't the case here. No. He also, didn't get the bump up, and so he's dreading this flight. Continue. Yeah, so so he's he's upset. He and I are going through the exact same experience. Like, yeah. yo, quote man, unquote, is, worst day of my life. This is Parrish. Yeah, I I, yeah, and 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 uh, Dallin said it was the worst day, of, the worst day of his life as well. So we were both experiencing the worst days of our I life. Think he said, "I'm in hell." Yes, continue. Yes. So, um, <laughs> you go over to check on the flight. I'm still like sitting down on the carpet with you're on the, you're sitting like on the floor like an yeah, animal like an animal you text me and, and you're like hey we're boarding like now you might have five minutes <laughs> i was like what it went so, from i'm not kidding it went from everyone was crowding around the gate waiting to i went over there and like the plane was already full in like three minutes right. i don't even know how this happened so at that point i'm rushing to get to the gate now i'm like might miss the flight accidentally <laughs> even though i've been sitting here for two and a half hours so I run over, and as I run over, I've got my phone, and I'm, I'm I'm pulling up my boarding pass, and it's like there's no boarding pass there. I have no boarding pass. <laughs> so I tell know. the guy, I'm like, listen, man, I'm also, I'm supposed to be on this flight, but I have no boarding pass. He's like, it looks like you're. Meanwhile, but no, no. Then I had to do the awkward thing of like, well, I'm getting I'm getting on the jetway here. <laughs> like, <laughs> I hope I see you on this flight. I gotta go. I'm the last one. If you're not the last one, I am the last one. I'll see. So I'm like literally like lingering in the jetway, wondering, and he's disappeared out of view. I'm like, is my guy and just not getting on this plane? So the guy, the guy goes, um, well, did you change your flight? And I'm like, no, of course not. Yes. And he's like, I mean, 
you might have accidentally did it. I was like, I might have accidentally did it, but I don't remember doing. It. I was like, listen, man, let's cut to the chase. Can I get back? Can I get back on this flight? I went back on this flight, and he was like, well, yeah, sure. He does some stuff, and now he's got me in nineteen something another. And I'm like, nineteen C, whatever. I'll just I'm going to. It's going to be the worst three hours of my life, but I'll get through it. I, then I, I walk down to the plane and then, and I'm like, no way. I want my Delta Comfort. So I go back and I'm like, hey, man, is there any way you can get me back my original? <laughs> he went on the jetway. <laughs> yes. Hold on. He was with me on the jetway and we're behind only a few people getting ready to get on the plane. He turns back around, yes. runs up the jetway and sees if he can change his seat. After all this stuff you put through these ticket agents, you know the hell they go through. You know oh, the I people do. they have to deal with. And then here you come along. You booked the wrong flight. You put yourself on a different one. He saves your ass. You turn around and be like, "Hey, this ain't good enough. Give me my I didn't other seat." I say this now. ain't good enough. I said, "Excuse me, is it possible for me to get my original?" I can't seat confirm back? this. I wasn't at the gate eight with you at the gate agent. Hey, you can say whatever you want to say about me. You're not going to find me being disrespectful to people like that. I just, I never would. So uh, I, I said, hey, is it is it possible to get my original seat back? And he was like, no, sir, <laughs> that's not possible. Get get on the plane. <laughs> so I said, OK, that's fine. So I walk on the plane. It is one hundred and fifty degrees. Dude, the plane is so hot. It just is. It's it's so I we walk past. First of all, we walk past Dallin. Who's in Comfort Plus, by the way? Right. He wasn't even in actual coach. Okay. So he he's got a you're fine, Dallin. You made it. Okay. So we scoot. And then I had a I did initially have a different seat. I had a window seat. And then you have, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see he Parrish not only had a seat, he had a row to himself. Whole, yeah, whole row. And then he texted me. He was like, Hey, there's no one else in my row. If you want to come up, I'm like, oh hell yeah. So Row 19. Yep. Row 19. That was us. And actually not. If you can not of the, the tweet before this one has got to has got frowning parrots as we're walking as we're walking to our seat. But the plane is legitimately like it's so, so hot. So we get in. We get in the row. We're settling in. Uh, I, I was live tweeting all this. Dallin Cuff tweeted. I'm in hell. Hashtag elitist. Um, there was the Yale staff was on the plane. So we had even uh, James Jones and, and some of his staff was on the plane. You can see here the photo. This is us walking to the seat and Parrish looking miserable, shuffling to row 19 and contemplating how to put the pieces of his life back together. Um, Matt Elkin, who's the Dobo at Yale, uh, was also responding to this in real time, which was incredible. He's a podcast listener. Shouts to you. Appreciate it. And um, the AC eventually does start working. But I want to say it was... Had we even taken off yet? I was doing something. I don't even, I, I was reading or whatever. I was you know, doing my own little thing. And Paris is, he's like motioning over to me. Like he's just like, he's giving me nonverbal communication and I'm not picking up on what he's putting down immediately. And I'm like, what? And then he, and then he shows me and I'm like, oh, okay. So he's in the, he's in the window seat and the person in front of him. I don't think we had taken off yet. I think that's why I, I think we were still on the tarmac. They leaned. You had your computer already out. Yeah. Lean back in the yeah. seat. So he, your point. He's like, it's the worst day of my life. Like this computer's person's now back in my me. chest. By the way, another travel tip: never lean your chair back. Ever. Dude, you thought you had it bad. I never ever lean back. In fact, I had the great Russ Steinberg behind me initially. Oh, and then Russ. The plane's quiet as hell, right? It's just quiet. 
It's hot, but it's quiet. Russ, who's in this chat right now, does a great job covering UConn, amongst other things. <laughs> and so it's just quiet. So two, just and he goes like this. More of us. <laughs> the plane. <laughs> it was a wild scene. The whole thing was a wild scene. But then it turned out we had a nice flight home. You know, we had space. We did. Although my guy in front of me was leaning back even more. I had a I had a yeah, you, you said something glass to of water never, in front I of me. Never, you said something. Brutal. I would never say anything to somebody. So if you lean your chair back on me, um, I won't say anything to you, but I will privately hate you. I'll quietly no, I, say, I'll hate you in silence. Times I didn't say anything. The third time he did it, the chair hit my laptop. And I was like, hey, I, all I said was, I was like, hey, man, just, you know, I got a computer here. Just be, be if you can be a little more cautious when you're leaning back. And that's get, And that's what gets it done. OK, I'm not going to lean back. Russ is in the chat denying this is how it happened. That is how it happened, my friend. The plane was quiet and you said. More of us. And it was perfect. It was note for note. Perfect. The flight home was mostly good. Although the first like 10, 15 minutes, it was bumpy. And then you didn't. I don't think you heard this because then we got off and we got our bags. You thought (laughs) I'm not going to quote you because I'm not going to curse on this podcast. (laughs) But you thought that your bags were going somewhere else because you had booked another flight. Well, your bags came through and my bags hurtling off the carousel. Right. Because I'm. I know what it sounds like to keep saying this over and over again, but we're just telling the story because I'm like sky. My bags usually come out first. That's why I never mind checking them because they're the first ones out. I'm, I'm never waiting more than a few minutes and yours come out first and other people start coming out and mine haven't come out yet. And I'm like, mother, because I'm like, <laughs> if you know what they did? of bees <laughs> sent my bags. To- I, I, in that moment, I'm like, they just sent my bags on that other plane. When I rebooked myself on another flight, they put my bags on that flight. And so I went to the uh, Delta baggage thing and I tell, talked to the lady and she's like, well, are you, are you sure that your bags didn't come through? And I'm like, no, ma'am, I'm just jumping to conclusions a little bit. Um, she's like, well, well, honey, why don't you go back outside and wait like everybody else? And then if you don't see them, then come back. That's yeah. a good idea. That's what I'm going to yeah. do. And by the time I get back out there, they were out there. So everything was fine. Then, I, then hey, you ready for this? Another car service <laughs> straight into the uh, city and everything was good. But boy, you know what? Just like most things in life, in time, it felt like it was the worst day of my life. Looking back on it a week later, it wasn't that bad. It was worth a, it was worth a, a podcast segment that went 10 minutes too long, but that's how we do it here. And it was and the thing about it was like Paris and I would almost never be on the same flight ever together. And the fact that we were the flight got delayed. He didn't have computer battery. The flight was 105 degrees. We wound up in the same road together going to the same city the and made it all very, very much worth it. The flight of city <laughs> goes by. Yeah. And she's like, uh, can I get you something to drink? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said, uh, I'd like I want cook- nine of those. <laughs> I, I said, do, do you have vodka soda on this cart? She was like, yes, of course. I said, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll take a, uh, how many of those can you give me? <laughs> yeah. And she goes and she goes, I'm going to start you off with two. <laughs> I said, cool, cool. I'll take two, but come back. <laughs> All around. What an experience there. Before we get out of here and we do the shouts, uh, I'm going to, here are our top four finishers in our bracket games. We never remember to do this night at the title game because there's so much going on. All of them obviously had UConn to win. We had more than 1,500 brackets submitted this year. We'll get that number well north of 2,000 next year for sure. 50, exactly 50 of you had UConn winning the whole thing. Top four, Brandon Rattery, 121 points. You win the whole kit and caboodle, man. You got the top, uh, top prize. Although I'll see what I can do about the top four here. Michael Chuber. Second, Brian Yarrington. Third, Jared Crockett. Fourth, you're our top four finishers. 
And I'm going to see if we can uh, make sure that all of you guys get some sort of prize. If you don't get it right now, I'll stay on us. Email us. We need verification of who you are. Shouts to CBS at gmail.com. We'll make sure that you guys get recognized. And uh, I'm going to give a shouts right now because Paris is going to do the rest of the shouts. He doesn't know the who won first. I'm, I'm again, man of the people mm-hmm. trying to look out for the rest of it. Paris is like, I can't be bothered with this. Who is yeah, this? I don't, I, I, I shouts I get to Brandon Rattery. I hope I'm pronouncing your last name uh, the correct way. Brandon Rattery. Shouts to you. You won our Bracket Games Challenge. And uh, congrats on picking UConn to win it all. We have cruised. This is our first. Uh, we This is not going to be common. I promise you. We're going 70 minutes in our first. This is stupid. Episode. Like, this is dumb even this for us. Ridiculous. If I'm being honest, this is dumb even for us. I know. I know. There it is. You can see the leaderboard right now on YouTube. That's all I got, GP. We can be done. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Huck. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you, guys. I'm going to give you two of these. Watching the Eye on College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe. Anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple and Spotify over at Apple, leave a nice review, five stars, type words. There's more of us than there are of them. That needs to be reflected in the comments. So knock that out. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm with it to talk to you again uh, real soon. Till then, take care. On May 23rd, I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie <laughs> dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not going to survive this. Evil, the final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus.